Welcome in, folks. It is me, as always, Fantasy Blue Chip here. As you know me on the internet, um, here you can call me by my first name, Jagger. It's Wednesday night. Uh, and with me is one of my co-hosts, Andrew LaDuke, <laughs> a.k.a. Real Mr. Mallard, host of the Divots and Pivots podcast. And my other two pod, uh, my other two hosts are coming in. Uh, Chuck is doing some big draft-a-thon thingy that I didn't want to do. Because uh, I hate redraft, so I never do that stuff. But he's having a good time. He he's gonna come in a little bit later. And uh, yes. as you always know, um, fantasy Jesus always comes in late because Jesus doesn't have time to save everyone's lineups right on time. Uh, but when you're on Jesus time, you're always on time. Um, <laughs> before we start, um, just some bad news on the front of. Um, the dynasty cup we're going to postpone till next season because there has been some great news in my life i work for football guys now and i am a radio dj and producer for csu football uh yay me so like low-key i just like have zero time to run a proper tournament so i just want to make sure we do this right and next year we'll get it going um but first we'll hop into some news and then we're talking my guys folks oh yes we're using our good graphics now um yeah we we have all those made and we like never utilize them but we're, uh, we're getting good now folks we're getting good quick and uh thank you for all joining us the same old same old guys it seems like we're, we're reading two books simultaneously and neither one of them will, will end jt is granted permission to seek a trade and they've given him a deadline till tuesday supposedly six teams are interested miami and the chargers are rumored to be interested and these are all rumors folks uh we'll dive into that in a little bit uh actually i'll just say it right now there are there are 29 teams 29 teams that wanted jt like like that that want him they all asked, and they just probably don't have the resources or the need for it. But I guarantee you, if let, let's say Jim or say um, did some really bad blow that day, too much of it, and he's like, you know what, JT four six, everyone's pulling the trigger because they want to look like Howie Roseman oh, sure. this year. Yeah, it, it's not even a question. So like, let's just let's just get that out of the way right now. So I, when they say they're rumored to be interested, the guys that are aggressively willing to do it probably like Miami and the chargers that that they're looking to take that next step. And they're the type of uh, the team that would want the juice back there. You know, they don't have the, the one, two tandem. I know a lot of people are shipping characters together. Like this is a teen drama. They, they, they want the Eagles to go after them just so we can get a Taylor Swift backfield. I don't want that because I'm a Swift owner and I know, I know there's going to be two roles and I've been preaching that, but yeah. it, Nice when there is no one there, and I would like for that to re remain. So, um, Andrew, what is your reaction to this? Where do you think he should go? So, my initial reaction was that it, Miami seemed like a no-brainer, especially with uh, the Devin O'Shane injury. Not that Devin O'Shane was exactly flying up the depth chart for Miami, but uh, that was still a position that they they had a basically a bunch of twos and threes. Uh, to round out that that running back core for them. So Miami makes a lot of sense. I wasn't 100% sure what their capital was to try and go get him, but it seems like they have uh, what they'll need to. It's just going to be a question on whether they can uh, or whether Indy accepts it. So Miami seems logical. The Chiefs seem logical. Um, yeah, I've heard people say Philly. 
I, I'm not convinced Philly. I mean, like you said, everyone will be in, but I'm not convinced Philly feels the need to pay the price for him right now. Um, I feel like Philly feels confident they have a good enough team without him to where they don't have to, you know, empty their pockets. Uh, they, they're kind of, I feel like Philly's looking long-term here and that they want to try to su- sustain what they have than the success. So I don't think Philly's going to go for him. I could see the bills, but uh, same thing. If you, I don't know if the bill, I feel like the bills have kind of accepted what their running back situation is and they're, they're focusing on other parts of the team. So to me, Miami feels like the place we'll just see if they can pay what Ursa is asking for. Um, we were talking to the football guys, Chad, and, um, like, I don't know if you guys ever heard of the audible, um, like it's a, a, a really big podcast and very football centric, uh, Cecil Lammy in there. He just, he said what he thinks they're doing is, uh, they're giving him the Lamar Jackson situation where, you know, they're going to shop him around, get his market value and make sure that they're paying him fair. They're not trying to reset the, uh, uh they're not trying to reset the value, they just want to not pay more than anyone else is. And I thought that was an interesting theory, but I'm going to give you guys two ideas and see if you like them. Do you like Dallas as a likely destination? Because you got to think they, like you could see the two roles and where he could be at and they can keep Tony Pollard. They said they like the, they like the way Tony Pollard's used already. They yeah. like they they like him being change of pace, the juice guy. And it's not like there isn't value in that role. Uh, like I, again, I keep saying there's this two back system is common everywhere. We got to just, yep. we just got to get used to it. That's the way that's, that's the way the cookie crumbles now. So I think that is a likely option. The second one. Um, and this kind of makes sense. Um, I don't, I don't think they'll do it either, but the cheese, you know, like, 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 like the, the, there's somebody that could use another running back. And then someone brought up Chicago, but I, I really thought Dallas was interesting. Justin, what are your thoughts? Um, Welcome from work. Yeah, uh, yeah thanks. Unpacking fish is kind of a, a fishy situation sometimes. I can uh, definitely waste your time. But, um, <laughs> yeah. So I'll tell you this, guys. I don't know if he's going to get traded. I don't know if this is going to be kind of like such an – that happened with Melvin Gordon, where he's just going to say, fuck it, I'm better off playing and upping my value there midway through the season. Nobody's going to give him a first-round pick for it. I was thinking Dallas as a possibility because Jerry Jones is the type of guy to like go all fucking crazy about shit and go, oh, you know what? He's worth the first-round pick and throw it at him. But nobody is going to do what the Seahawks did with Jamal Adams and give a first-round pick for a completely irrelevant player to their current roster as Jonathan Taylor would be to Dallas. He adds he adds a better running back, but does he really upgrade that offense so much to where you're like, wow, that was really worth trading my first-round pick for? I don't think so. I don't think him and Tony Pollard are separated by that much to where it really ups that value. And then, you know, the Bears theory is an interesting one because that's a team that needs to compete. So obviously they're willing to kind of get rid of some capital if that means putting themselves in that position. But really, at the end of the day, it's kind of sad because really what it is is that the Colts pretty much just said, hey, we're going to trade you for a first, but you're not worth a first mm-hmm. because they're not going to pay you the money of a first-round pick. But they will say, hey, if you got first-round picks, send them our way. Or if you got a good running back and you want to pair him with a two, send them our way. 
Yeah, I could. So I would. Yeah, I personally um, just selfishly would love to see him go to Dallas because I would just love to see all the the Tony Pollard hypers just absolutely freak out. Like I just I think that would be so much fun to watch just from an entertaining standpoint. Because as someone who has no Tony Pollard shares at all, so that's my selfish, completely irrelevant reason for yay Dallas. But I do like Chicago for the same reasons why I liked Dalvin Cook for Chicago earlier in the off season. I, I said that months ago. At this point, um, they've they're sh- they've shown they're willing to to go all in on the on this season and the upcoming seasons. And Jonathan Taylor's young enough and still very much relevant enough where he's the type of guy that they can move forward with, not just buy for a year. So I would love to see him Chicago. Chicago is a team I'm already kind of high on. So. Uh, I'd rather see him on Chicago than Miami personally. Miami makes the most sense though, because they're like actually in that playoff picture sure. without him right now. So <clears throat> him actually putting him into the roster could possibly elevate them to like making it to the divisional or the conference round. Yep. And, you know, they can justify that and be like, Hey, you know, who needs a first round pick when it's practically going to be a second, because it's going to be in the late twenties or to possibly 32 or so that's the one that makes the most sense for me. Everyone else is kind of just fishing for something new, a new upgrade. The Bears, it's a nice addition, but it's like, does it really put you over the hump into like the, the class, like the top of the top in the NFC? I don't think so. But with Miami kind of knocking at that door, I think it could put them in that conversation. Yeah, um, that's, I, I think, like one reason why um I don't like Chicago, it's just it doesn't seem like the optimal move for them. Where they're at, I think their backfield's fine. I think Roshan is good. I think da- like uh, Dante Foreman showed that when he's healthy, that he can be an effective runner. And then we've all we saw what Khalil Herbert can do uh could do last year. You know, like we we pretty much knew that there's no reason for Chicago Chicago to pay David Montgomery. And if they weren't going to pay David Montgomery. Why would they? I guess I guess Jonathan Taylor's better and younger, but I just I don't think they're ready to make that move. You know, they're just trying mm-hmm. to scrap for a wild card spot and, and be relevant and attract free agents and then get winning football. That's what they need to do is just start winning yeah. again. They're not trying to win at all. So like, don't give up premium assets to go get them now. Like I just I just don't think that's the move for them. So yeah, that's fair. All right. And then our next bit of news, again, like I said, guys, um, we're, we're reading, we're like, we're watching the longest Netflix series ever and we're way too deep and we can't turn it off at this point And we just got to finish it. Trey Lance is named the third streaker. Um, and uh, as per usual, like this, like basically this is like fuck Trey Lance day. Let's just call it what it is. It's fuck Trey Lance day. And everyone is like, like the, the Brock Purdy bros are victory lap and you know, everyone's like Trey Lance sucks. I just think that they realize that Lance has got to go, you know, like they can either cut him or trade him. And, and you know, the, the ideally they're trying to trade him right now and, uh, to a team mm-hmm. that 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 has time to to develop them because just like I said about Chicago, like the 49ers are not in the position to develop or let a quarterback go through some growing pains and hope for some upside or, or, or just be okay with upside. They need a guy just to do the, the just to get the guy to their their playmakers. That's all they're trying to do, you know. So I, I don't know. I could. Uh, I I don't I'm not overreacting. Uh, Justin, you're the Niners guy. Is it because he sucks? What do you think is happening? 
Oh, no, it's not because he sucks. It's because Kyle Shanahan sucks as a quarterback coach. Um, I'm going to put this entirely on him. He thinks way too highly of himself sometimes, and he thought that he was going to take this this diamond in the rough, complete untapped potential guy, and he was going to make him into something like, like Patrick Mahomes-like. And I don't think he realized when he drafted him uh, the amount of time it's going to take and what the work was needed to be put into Trey Lance and getting him ready. You know, this was a D, a high-end D2 prospect mm-hmm. that really never faced stiff competition. I mean, they dominated rushing the ball at North Dakota State every single season. That's their prior – that's their mm-hmm. way of uh, winning championships. But I'm going to I'm gonna throw this little nugget in there. Uh, so from anybody I've trusted getting my San Francisco news from, Trey Lance was not at camp for the final day. Yeah, and I heard that too. It's kind of looking like the mm-hmm. trade talks are actually getting serious. And I hope he goes somewhere. I hope he goes somewhere and blows it away because I'm still a Trey Lance fan at heart. I thought he was a good prospect. I thought he definitely needed work. But – Ah, you know, this just kind of solidifies for me that Kyle Shanahan is not the guy to develop your quarterback. Uh, He's not a Shane Steichen. He's not a Frank Reich. He's not going to take these guys who are need that, you know, need that coaching. And he's not going to build an offense around you. You are building your game plan around the offense. You are the final cog in his offense. He is a scheme guy through and through does not like improvisers, and I don't know why he got Trey Lance because Trey Lance is better when he's improvising. He's better when he's out of the pocket looking for somebody to throw to. So, honestly, he probably should have just got Mac Jones. But, you know, now we live when we learn. Yeah, and three bricks I, later, we are fucked. I'm, I'm, I'm... Yeah, so I have I have two points on on Trey Lance here, and that one I'm curious to know what one what they're asking for, and one what and two what they'll get for Trey Lance because to put a guy in the trading block after you just made him your third QB behind Sam Darnold, yeah, every team in the league is looking at that going okay, like you're, you're going to be lucky to get some season tickets from us for this guy. So I mean, I'll be right. curious to see to hear what they ask for and what they end up getting from because I do think he will be traded. I think it's the only option now with the news that he wasn't even at the last day of camp there. So um, that seems inevitable at this point. But I don't I don't think you're completely wrong on Kyle Shanahan and his view of Trey Lance. I just think you're slightly wrong on – I think he's still doing it. He's just doing it with Brock Purdy instead. Purdy to him, I think, is now the flashier, better story in his mind. It's, it's his own personal Brady story except – Purdy has the title of Mr. Irrelevant. And I think Shanahan wants to run with that and see make this a successful team around Mr. Irrelevant and have that to his name. Because I think you're right in that he's searching for that, you know, take a guy from, you know, not nothing, but from like underestimated and turn him into something crazy big and, and successful. I just think he's changed who he's doing it with. And now that he's got Brock Purdy, his new shiny tool, he's looking at Trey Lanton saying, nah, I, your story's no good to me anymore. Like now I'm gonna yeah, I'm just gonna ship you I, out. I hear that. I'll also I'll also throw this little caveat on there. Brock Purdy started all four years at Iowa State, like from yep. his freshman year all the way to his senior year. He was facing tough competition and he was getting a lot of praise for being a good quarterback. 
Now, yes. the difference between Purdy's game and Trey Lance's game is that there's not a lot of rushing upside to Purdy. And it's actually been something that has been documented. You know, Purdy kind of started this whole, what do we see out of these guys? Like, they, I think they drafted more quarterbacks than they've drafted in a long time last season just because people want to find their own Brock Purdy. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, I never, I'll never say, you know, there's not a just good quarterback just laying around somewhere. But Brock Purdy is one of those rare guys like a Tom Brady that you find that has a high IQ that just gets overlooked because he's not the most athletically gifted guy, but you put him in the right system, you back him with a good defense and he looks like gold. Mm -hmm. Is he gold from a quarterback perspective? Maybe not. Maybe he's just a guy who does the fundamentals right. But when he gets behind that 49ers offense, it looks better than it looked in the five years with Jimmy Garoppolo. And this is coming from a 49ers fan. I have never seen us go into a game with complete confidence, but every game after that Miami game, I was completely confident we were going to score 30 points because we had the weapons to, and we finally had the quarterback to see beyond the first read. Yeah, it's simple. The team just functions around him, both offense and defense. So it's that simple. Yeah, and and like, sorry, sorry, Jack. I I just want to throw one last thing in there. Uh, it was a little thing that um, Matt Burroughs threw out there is that Trent Williams and um, Fred Warner were having a side conversation week one of last year and a preseason week one of last year. And they were saying, we can't wait to see Brock Purdy throw the ball. That is the <laughs> one really like underlining reason that Purdy has got the job is the whole team is excited about him. The whole team is behind yep. him as a leader. And I don't think Lance ever got that. That's what I, that's what I like. You're quoting me word for word in various chats. I said, I was like, like Brock Purdy has won the locker room. Like they need a definitive, like, like they're at a point where you got to be decisive. There's no controversy. They're trying to win. They're thinking about the Super Bowl. Like, excuse me. Like they're thinking about the NFC championship is what they're thinking about is getting through Philadelphia and and they don't need to worry about like is so-and-so better. And now they're going to probably try to trade him. So when Brock Purdy does throws his first interception, there, there's not you know 49ers fans cheering for Lance or something like that. You know, like 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 to me, I, I get I get where they're at. And like you said, like Shanahan doesn't want guys to play off script. It's all about timing. If you know he wants a guy to just do their job. And then another caveat is that he is he's cheap. You know, like like they're and and. You know, it, it, it he's very cheap right now, and that means that they can win several games before they need to pay him again. They could sign an extension, lock him up, even give him um, some bonus money that isn't going to go against cap, so he's happy and and not asking for a trade or holding out. And that, but on the books, he's going to be cheap still. That's just the way that that's the way numbers work. So with that being said, um, how much would you pay for Trey Lance right now? Would you buy him in Dynasty? Or are you willing to hold? Andrew, um, no, I'm not buying them in Dynasty. Uh, I think that I think quarterbacks just too deep right now. I think there's too many good prospects, and I know Trey Lance has the the athleticism upside and the big play ability. If but he's, we've seen now he needs to be in the right situation, and there's too many wrong situation possibilities for him to fall into for me to be buying him right now. Justin, where are you at? 
Um, I'll, I mean, as somebody who's drafted Trey Lance a lot, I'm just <laughs> hoping I'm fingers crossed guys. He goes to like an Atlanta or a Minnesota where like Kirk Cousins going to be out in a year or something, you know, something like that. I know he's, everybody's like pounding the table for Seattle guys. San Francisco wants to give Seattle nothing. They do yeah. not want to give him a guy who knows their system. That is retarded. Yeah. Please, please get that out of your head. Drop he is not hour. going to Seattle. They're not trading um, him in division, guys. That's, again, you got to got to remember that football's play, played like it's it's a sport. It's not a uh, it's not fantasy where you just you yeah. know, trade. To, it, it's crazy. There's a lot of people I respect that said Seattle. I'm just like. All right, you're kind of showing that you just don't know ball right now. You're, this is like one of those moments where I'm like, ah, I don't know. I might have lost. Maybe it's not so much no ball, but they don't know business. You know, See, uh, one team that one team that would be, I think, an interesting landing spot for him though would maybe be the Rams with Stafford's, you know, physical ability kind of on the ropes right now, and a coach like Sean McVay who has shown a willingness to kind of be a, a fire from the hip kind of guy, like Trey Lance on the Rams. Might not be a match made in heaven, but it might be his best like chance out there in the league to, to still prove he's got something. A thousand percent. So, At that point, they'd have to drive up the price, though. They'd have yes. to be getting like a first round pick back because they're essentially handing Sean McVay their playbook. Yeah, no, and I, and I get that. I'm just saying from a put that stuff aside, just from a strictly like kind of X's and O's standpoint and team situation, like that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, that's what I was going to say. Like, personally, I'll buy Trey Lance for a second because I think that, um, he's worth the stash. Um, we got to fly through these next, these next couple, like we'll actually only talk about one. Um, Jackson Smith and Jigba is going to take three to four weeks because uh, he's injured. Does that mean there's going to be a dynasty dip? Um, Chuck, we'll start with you since you just hopped in from your last stream. Do you think there's going to be a Jackson Smith and Jigba a dip since there's a four week? I don't know how you could look at the situation objectively and say, yeah, there, we should, we should go ahead and dip on this guy. Uh, all the arguments are for him were for him taking over eventually, not for this year. He's everybody's wide, wide receiver three in Seattle. Uh, then nothing serious and Seattle plays everything close to the vest. So just sit back and it's like playing the stock market, right? We're not day traders. Just let, let your money grow. Let it happen. Yeah, look, Nick, so I don't think there should be a dip on the Jigma at all. Um, I, I think he's still right where he belongs. He's, he gets to grow behind, uh, two guys, whether he's hurt or injured. Um, if you if you read the the inside the medical tent this week, we talked about me and Brian talked about uh, JSN a little bit. Um, and what's gotten interesting now is that it came out today, oh last night, I should say, at course right after we released the article, he didn't get surgery. Right, uh, apparently he's now seeing a, a getting a second opinion from a, a risk specialist. So that's only going to delay this now. It seems like he's still going to need surgery. So we could be delaying this surgery yet another week, and, and if that's the case, Brian Scott of the injured list uh, of the injured list podcast, his timeline was four to six weeks, not three to four weeks. So if we're talking now another week out, we're talking not seeing JSN out in the field until about week five ish, four or five ish. I the, the biggest person that takes a dip here for me is Geno Smith when when it comes to this injury because the only arguments I've been hearing for Geno Smith to have a year like he had last year is that how can you not when he has all these weapons. Well, he's losing one right now. 
And I don't see how he matches the the hype he had last year. I've been down on him anyways. So Geno Smith is a guy that I still think is being taken too high. And if he's going to be without this very talented third receiver, I see him being even worse of a value at this point. Yeah, it's uh it's a toughie. JSN himself personally, I mean, what was everybody said about him? He was the most NFL ready wide receiver coming in. You know, he's not Quentin Johnson. He doesn't need to grow his game and prove to us that he can do it. I mean, even before the season the summer started, uh, we all knew that he could do it. It's just about getting him up to speed. So he he should be golden. Yeah, a lot of people thought he was the um, best receiver in Seahawks camp. So I mean that kind of you know for what it's worth, I think that this actually means we're going to see a lot more Zach Charbonnet early on because we're going to need that third pass catcher out there, and I think he's going to get a little bit of a roll out there. I can live with that. Yeah, either, it, either way, I'm cool with it. Um, there might be a redraft dip, but you're completely right. I did a, um, I did a mock um, – Sizemore, you love old players, dude. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm with Sizemore on that like, one. I'm with I'm with yeah. Josh, man. Gino, I think Gino will be fine. I guess. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that, like, again, just for Dynasty, like, like, I just just have zero appeal for for Gino. Suspense sure. is killing me. <laughs> I get that. No, I get you. I mean, for, for Gino, it's like if if he's the guy we thought he is, it's not going to matter if he loses JSN. If he's not the guy we don't think he is, then we never thought he was that guy in the first place. So you're not like on the fence, right? You're on. You're so far away from each other. You're, it's like red and blue. There, there's yes. no coming into them. There's, there's no bipartisanship on this. And of course, me and you disagree on Gino Chuck. It's just fitting. I'm pretty. So we'll I'm pretty. I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear a QB <laughs> opinion from you ever again. You're dead to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, thank. Well, thank God. We're shot and passing the next. Right. Jags, you're gonna have to tell your friend to uh, read a book. A uh, Corey Davis. <laughs> For tired, uh, good. It's like slow motion. He shouldn't be on your roster. I feel. Oh, it worked. Corey, Corey so- Davis, man, he is. Can we have a quick like thank you, thank you next? Like God, I loved him. I loved. And nobody was. Will Fuller is the only guy that was ever hypothetically better than Corey Davis. I think Corey Davis was just. I don't know if he deserved better or not, but God, he made for some great conversations. I'm not going to lie. I kind of forgot that uh, Corey Davis was a free agent. I thought he was still somewhere on the Jets, uh, on the Jets death chart. So this is, it is what it is. Yeah. I uh, saw reports yesterday that like, or maybe it was like two days ago that they were like, Oh, Corey Davis isn't, he's resting. Cause he's the wide receiver too for the Jets. And then he's retired. <laughs> Like what? What? How did we get here? It's crazy. I know it's it's wild. It's wild. But hey, you know what? He, Corey Davis is one of those guys who's always been like a like a solid flex start in fantasy. So yeah, you know what? Props to Corey Davis for the career he has, and I hope he enjoys retirement. Yeah, my, my favorite redraft uh, last player 
is Corey Davis because I've mm-hmm. picked him a number of times thinking he will go off a couple weeks. And by go off, I mean catch like five passes for 50 yards and maybe a touchdown. <laughs> it's, it, it's crazy to me because he had – look, you could make an argument that he had the worst quarterback play from his time in Tennessee up until this last year, right? You could make oh, a totally strong case could. that nobody saw worse. And then he gets Aaron Rodgers and he retires. So doesn't that make him maybe wonder a little bit? Like what's really going on in Jets camp? Could there be some behind the scenes stuff that we're not seeing? I don't know. Not to play devil's advocate or anything, but it is a little weird. It is very weird. Do we have you back, Jags? You good? I think you're good now. Your fan is moving normal. So you think, yeah, I'm good. I think Aaron Rodgers just came up to him while he was seated, passed him a note. It says, retire. And then the he just like mindlessly like got up and fucking. Went so you think they do it like it's the bear, like they're the servers, and they just pass each other little folded up notes so they don't have to say it out loud for no, the hard no, knocks he, cameras. Yes, yes, chef. Yes, chef. No, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> le- Rodgers left a horse in his in his bed, a horse head in his bed, and, and called it a day. So, Jager, what we're at the thirty minute mark, so yeah, we'll yeah. pay yeah. some bills and then we'll go to my guys. Fantasy Sports Corp and Underdog Fantasy have teamed up to start your fantasy season off in the win column with Best Ball. What is Best Ball? It's quite simply the easiest way to win. No team management, no trades, no waivers. It's their biggest contest ever and it has only gotten bigger. You simply have to sit and win. You don't even have to set your lineup. Always get your best score every week. Just enter a contest, draft your team, and Underdog will do the rest. What could make this even better? How about free money? Up to $100 using our exclusive promo code. Go online now and use the promo code TSSDynasty to double your deposit up to $100. You tell them Gingerbread sent you. Good girl. I'll go anywhere Gingerbread tells me to. All right. <laughs> we're talking my guys. So we're going to kind of move through these quick. So I'm totally going to cut you guys off. Like, like do, uh, at, do at a it. certain point. Do know. it. <laughs> so um, uh, we're starting with QBs. Um, all of you guys took my answer because, like, I just did this <laughs> on, on Dynasty. I just did this on Dynasty DGens. So I'm trying to um, um, diversify a little bit. So I do two shows now. Um, um, just uh, So I picked Justin Fields for mine, even though I did it last mm-hmm. week. Um, I've said it a lot of times that I don't care what people saying. Like there's people freaking out about his average depth of target that he can't throw down field. It is preseason. They're not going to mm-hmm. open up all the bells and whistles. And then what I, again, what, what I said yesterday when I was on with LQ and Mike was that, um, that like we forget that even this year that it, we saw last year that, like, Rushing quarterbacks, they're like pizza. That even when they're bad, it's like still good. You know, mm-hmm. like it, like like your frozen pizza is pretty good. Everything else isn't bad. So I'm taking Justin Fields everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's enough said. The one thing that I do want to get to is Chucks with Anthony Richardson. It's almost mm-hmm. the Love same it. argument but Love different. It. So go, Chuck. Yeah. It is a little bit, and like, like I'm two things, right? I'm a man of temptation, and I love sweets, and he is just all icing, and I love it. And I want to be like I'm, I want to be on the train when it hits the tracks, like right out, right out the gate. Um, and I've seen a lot of people be like, oh, you know, like Lamar, Jalen Hurts, Justin Fields. It took them a while to develop. Well, like none of those guys played more than ten games their rookie year, and Justin Fields was sharing time with Andy Dalton at one point. Anthony Richardson is the day one starter. 
So I don't have to worry about any of that. I get to know immediately and I get to, I get to let this guy develop uh, to my benefit. So you don't need stats. You don't need metrics. It's a very vibes pick at this point. I want to be in and I want to be in early so I can tell people I was in early. That's what this is about. And, and like you said, it is metrics, man. Again, mm. like until like we until we adjust scoring differently, rushing mm. unless you're playing in like one of those leagues that punish for um, uh, completion percentage and stuff or something like that. Mm. Unless you're in a league like that, um, yeah. you need to get rushing quarterbacks. You need to get them, and you need to get them all. Um, next is Andrews with Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence yes. was going to be mine after Anthony Richardson because him and Justin Fields are basically back-to-back right now, yeah. and I love them both. Trevor mm-hmm. Lawrence, it, he, he's right now he's a better passer. At least we have proof that he's a better passer. To be honest, not a whole lot of proof. But yeah. regardless, um, I think he's very good. Um, and he has a small rushing floor, like a Daniel Jones rushing floor like a little baby one that's just mm-hmm. enough to be three to four points better than other people. So Andrew, yeah. where are you at? Yeah, look, so my biggest thing with, with Lawrence is the fact that he's QB seven in dynasty right now. And, and QB is one of the positions that can actually like have a ton of longevity. And I think he's only going to rise in these rankings. Uh, the Jaguars have somehow found a way to become a relevant franchise in the sense that they are willing to make moves, whether it's in the draft or in the free agency market, to to give themselves weapons. And I see him having a steady flow of weapons for a long time on that team. Uh, and I love the talent level. Uh, I do think he he look he gets the rushes where it counts, and that's around the goal line. Uh, so he may he may not be getting you know sixty rushing yards between the twenties, but he's getting those those plays uh, inside the ten, and he and he's making them count. So um, yeah, Trevor Lawrence for me, I just. Given his value as QB7 in Dynasty right now, I love it. I want to buy him everywhere I can. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I bought him last year. One of my favorite trades I did this offseason is I bought Trevor Lawrence in a first for Joe Burrow. And you know who I got with that first? Anthony Richardson. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Hey, I love that. that's fucking fantastic. I, I want. I need names. I need names because I, I, I literally, as you guys were talking, I was like, Trevor Lawrence. Which you take away the rushing, you just hope that you get Joe Burrow out of him, and it's very possible. Like if you com- completely eliminate the rushing, you're expecting yeah. Joe Burrow, and then you add mm-hmm. in a little sprinkle, a little, a little amuse bouge. Like it's, he's, a little, can't be a schmutz. Yeah, with Richardson, uh, Sorry, with Richardson, it does come down to his weapons a little bit. We'll see. Pittman has had a really good season and an inconsistent one with injuries and whatnot. We'll see what his other options look like, but it's going to come down to weapons for Richardson for me. We'll see. Yeah, I was about to say, like, like listen to anyone who is a scout. Like, like it, I swear to God, I will lose it. I've already lost it. Let's put it this way because <laughs> I've already gotten this argument today. And everyone who says, like, ooh, a rushing quarterback like, who's a project, he's Malik Willis. Bro, I spent a lot of time scouting rookies, and Anthony Richardson was bad because Florida was bad. Like, like I'm sorry. Yeah. Everything that Anthony Richardson flashes on tape is at an elite level. Manipulating defenses, uh, off schedule throwing. When he has his feet planted, he's fine. In preseason, he had an ugly throw because he faced pressure, didn't escape it, and instead of eating the sack, he threw an errant throw. He probably could have stood uh, stood taller and thrown a better pass, but he didn't. That's what happens. 
It happens sometimes. That's the Mahomes thing. Uh, that's the Mahomes. Mahomes that's that's what Mahomes, people say yeah. about Mahomes at Tactic Tech, Tech, Tech. The exact same thing. They mismanage the, mm. the talent on the field. So these guys have to play Superman, and it doesn't always work out. Yeah. But they have to play. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, everyone needs to, like, we have this problem in fantasy where we have one, we have like three archetypes for every every player and to some effect that is true but it is way more gray in between mm-hmm. I, uh, like 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 you can't even imagine how much worse of a prospect that that some of these people that they're comparing anthony richardson to or and again like i said i'm not trying to like to say whatever but like the the, the dude he has things you can't coach everything else that he's bad at right now he's in a position yeah. to be coached and again shane steichen so we got to move on for time Damn, that that got me hot. Um, I love it. Okay, we're we're, mo- we're moving on to tight ends. Um, nope. We'll start with you, nope. Chuck. Kyle Pitts, baby. No. Nope. You skipped me, bro. You went on a whole rant on Anthony Richardson. You skipped me. Oh shit! I'm sorry, Deshaun Watson. Actually, actually, we're gonna run late. We're gonna run late. We might not be live anymore, but it's all right, bro. I'll make it. I'll make it real quick. I'll make it real quick. Josh Sizemore, you're a jabroni for saying that shit, and you should go back to Jabroniville and hang out with the other jabronis at the bottom of your league. Well, Um, well, we lost, but we lost a viewer, and he's in my leagues. (laughs) 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 No, if I if I if I know Josh, he probably took that and laughed for a second. Second. Um, Chuck, Chuck, how low but, do you gotta go, man? Oh Chuck? My how God. low do you gotta Chuck, go? Chuck, <laughs> on our own show. <laughs> oh, I got time. Wow. That, that guy <laughs> definitely sucks for sure. That guy definitely <laughs> sucks for sure. Um, so my guy is jo- or Deshaun Watson. Thanks for the introduction there, Jagger. Um, yeah. And uh, so I, I'm liking Deshaun Watson because the guy is not even 28 yet. And he's had three straight top five seasons. Now, it hasn't happened since he got the bad rub down. But here's the thing. We're looking at it this way. Rub downs. Cleveland. Yes, exactly. Thank you. Thank you. I love it. I love when I can make See, you like, guys laugh organically. I think, the, I, think the problem was, I think the problem was that it was a good rub down. I think that was the issue. <laughs> well, that, I mean, shit, you could say good rub down. I've never paid that much money for a rub down. <laughs> no, um, not that much, but you have paid some. <laughs> you you were we are off the rails. Get us back, Get us back on track, Justin. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so we got Elijah Moore in there. We've got Nick Chubb. We've got a ton of weapons. Uh, Stefanski is a notorious guy for getting his quarterback comfortable. I think this is the year that they take the leap. They're really ready to go for it. First full year back since you know those top five seasons. Really liking the value that he's going at right now. He is pretty much valued in Superflex as the first or second guy taken in the second round. Love that value, especially if you can turn it with somebody like a Trevor Lawrence or a Justin Fields. That's phenomenal. Look look at it this way, guys. Dynasty, he's 28. He's got everything that you guys want. He's a running quarterback. He's a more accurate quarterback than everybody that we just talked about. That's and he's... He's on. Uh, he used, it's not he really used to debatable. be, yeah. Forty minute mark. <laughs> but yeah, we can move on to tight ends. Okay, I I won't even argue with you. I'm scared. I'm like I'll keep it short. I'm scared of Watson, and I'm a little spooked that he doesn't got it anymore. Uh, moving yeah. on to tight ends, uh, Chuck. Again, I got snipes. Be, and, yeah. and the my guys. 
Uh, Kyle Pitts. Mine will be short and sweet. Short and sweet. Same argument as Anthony Richardson. I believe in the talent. Um, I believe in the target share. And I actually believe in the Falcons this year. I like them to join the elite offenses. Maybe a little bit different style of elite offense, but I really like them to uh, start punching their weight with the big boys. I mean, we all have heard everything there ever is to say about Kyle Pitts. Um, and every, you know, he's the only one that's really up and coming. I'm not going to say Dalton Kincaid. Uh, just don't believe in him as much as I believe in Kyle Pitts. So I'll take the low hanging fruit and uh, let Atlanta break my heart yet again. Yeah. Um, yeah, that all makes sense. Okay. Um, I actually, no, I got one more comment. I'm committed to running a little late. Um, uh, Please. Kyle Pitts, Mariota sucked. Kyle Pitts didn't. Anyway, uh, moving on to Andrews is, uh, is Darren Waller. This is a uh, man. I, I missed the boat on that one, baby. I wish I had more. <laughs> Go ahead, dude. <laughs> well, so here's my argument for Darren Waller. Cause a lot of people might point in dynasty, at least to his injury history and, and his age compared to other tight ends that are up and coming who are looking good. My argument against that is that tight end is the easiest and most frequent turned over position we have in fantasy outside of Travis Kelsey. It, really so in that case with the odds that in year two or three from now in dynasty i'm i might have to turn my tight end position over anyways i think for his value at going it's tight end 10 in dynasty right now he has the highest upside for this singular season outside of travis kelsey at the tight end position and i will take that one season now and hope and pray for the next two seasons and and take those as they come yeah um Go check out Alfredo Brown's Twitter. I just edited his video there, but uh, he just <laughs> goes over uh, Darren Waller, and it is. I, I was, I, I'm not even just saying this. I'm not like 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 promoting propaganda or any shit like that. But he really breaks down that like if there's one thing Daniel Jones is good at in the passing game, it's dinking and dunking the tight ends. And if there's one thing mm-hmm. Darren Waller is good at, it's just balling the fuck out. Like yeah, he was right. just injured. And so like, like I saw it in preseason and, and here's this thing. Like, I don't know if Corey's watching and uh, if Sizemore, I don't know if you're still here or not, or if uh, you got to get out of here. Yeah. yeah but I, in our home league, in our home league, I saw Darren Waller get traded and two things happened. I got mad because I didn't do it. And then two, yeah. I was proud because like my home <laughs> league is getting sharp, bro. I saw that trade go down right? and I was like, That's... God damn, dude, you're, my kids are growing up. You guys are learning. <laughs> oh, well, look, that's the thing. Dar- Darren Waller, he can attack all three levels of, of a defense, yep. which is – well, what I should say, when he's fully healthy, he can. Like, we'll, we'll see how long he can stay healthy. That is obviously the biggest question mark with him. Mm-hmm. But but also, Darren Waller – like, I now forget my second point, so I'm just going to stop right there. It just lost – it just left my head. No, you're talking about a, you, you, they, it's a smart, it's a, it's an organization that has turned into a smart organization, acquiring an ultra talented player. I mean, with no other competition for, for absolutely nothing. So it's like, yeah. you know, it is the holy trifecta of, you know, expected utilization. So it's a very, very, very nice one. Yeah. Number All one right. receiver for them this year. Easy. I'm going to go on mine and for usual, I'm just going to run it out. Like I'll try to keep it the rant under 45 seconds. Sam Laporta and Kincaid. Um, this year, I think it's the year for first. Like Tank Dell and Deuce Vaughn might be all right in this league. And I think this is the year for rookie tight ends. Like Sam Laporta is good and Kincaid is not a tight end. 
He's he's a slot. He's a big mm-hmm. slot receiver. They're not like Dawson Knox. Congratulations, you're a tackle. It, you know, if you had to pick one, if you had to pick one of the two, like you just you like like you're in a, you're a divorced you're at divorce court and you have to pick which parent you're going to live with. Are you taking Kincaid or are you taking Laporta? Dynasty, I'm taking Laporta. Redraft, I'm taking Kincaid. That's fair. I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah. I like it. A I don't lot. think you can go wrong with either or at that point. No, like, yeah, and that's me being like, oh, I don't get Kincaid. Okay, Laporta. You know, <laughs> like, like that. So. That's and vice versa. You know. Um. So, Justin, you've been the Chig guy. Um. I. What else do you got to teach us about Chig? You basically said yeah. it. Like, like, and and Burks <laughs> is hurt. You know. Burks Every, week. <laughs> Every, Every week. Every week. <laughs> yeah. It's okay because because Burks is a jabroni too. He was going to be the wide receiver three there anyways. Um, but I'll just share this with you real quick. He had the <laughs> second highest target rate among tight ends last year. He wasn't even utilized that much. And when it came down to it, you know, when he got his receptions, it was 14 yards per reception. That was the highest for tight ends. They obviously see him kind of the way that a lot of teams see these new tight ends as an additional wide receiver on the field. I think he's going to be a big threat for them. And with Hopkins taking a lot of the double teams and probably a lot of the safety help, look for him to be manning up with linebackers and safeties. And he's either going to have the height advantage on a safety or the speed advantage on a linebacker. So, yeah, I'm loving Chigo Conqua this year. Awesome. We'll Shocker. pay the bills one more time. And we're we're actually kind of back on time, folks. Like we we did pretty good. It's because like I think we just yeah. kind of don't, don't ruin it. Things. Don't ruin that's it. We've heard, that's because <laughs> we've already heard all of Justin arguments on Chig. Jazz, Sportsbook, <laughs> Casino, and Racebook, the world's best resource for all purpose online wagering. For over 20 years, Jazz has provided the best and quickest payouts in sports and entertainment wagers. Live sports betting, covering all the major sports leagues, and even into the new and exciting world of esports. Down the stretch you'll come, with Jazz's online horse wagering. Get paid when you play with Jazz's fun and exciting online casino games. Go online now and use the promo code TSS for our new, members deals. Jazz Sportsbook, Casino, and Racebook, the world's best resource for online wagering. Oh yeah, Jazz Casino folks, welcome back. We're talking my guys, and now we're moving on to the wide receivers. Um, I'll talk about mine quick, fast, because like uh, J- Justin's Chig is is my Ayuk. Like um, he's fantastic. Mm. I think he's a wide receiver one, and you, they they're not going to run the ball with their quarterback anymore. And regardless of what you think, he's a wide receiver one. He's off the charts on reception perception. And again, Brock Purdy is the best quarterback that has been on this team since Jeff Garcia. It's been a long time. People forget about Jeff Garcia. I didn't forget. Mm, um, I never forget. I think about him every day. Hey, um, anybody who saw Tim Rattay and Ken Dorsey play, they never forget about Jeff Garcia. dark times so we'll show past mine justin we'll circle back to you uh here's another one that like i i thought about switching it up but i i didn't i don't know i should have switched it up and picked someone else but i probably would have picked dj Moore. so i'm glad i didn't you can have them fire away yeah well you know uh chig is my iu too i i love iu as much as you do maybe even a little bit more just because my fandom but um, I DJ Moore is my guy because this is an offense 
that is getting ready to really like put itself on the map. And how are they going to do that? They're going to do it with a number one wide receiver who has proven that he can get through dark times in Carolina. And now he has a good quarterback. He has a quarterback that can improvise. And, you know, they're on the ascension in the NFC North, the wide open NFC North where defenses are terrible right now. I mean, you look at Green Bay's defense. Minnesota can't improve their defense to save their life. No matter who they sign, they can't improve that defense. And then Detroit, I think their defense is decent, but, you know, they still got to get that secondary going. So I'm looking at this as, you know, the wide open NFC North and the Bears have a shot just as much as anybody else does. And, you know, DJ Moore is going to be a big proprietor of uh, Justin Fields' success this year. Uh, yeah, I'm all in on, on DJ Moore as well. I, I bought I bought him up um, like crazy again. It's the analytics bros that hate Justin Fields that hate DJ Moore. So um, I think, again, like – I think that they're going to run a way more efficient offense. Um, who's going to have the best defense this year? Like for Tampa. fantasy? <laughs> Shut up. I don't, Chuck, don't listen to me. <laughs> don't like, listen. It, this it's is not who's going to spend the most time on defense there, Chuck. He didn't, he, he didn't say what he didn't say. Sport. He didn't say what sport I'm talking about. The uh, lightning. Uh, I don't even think that's have. true. Well, oh, these- for fantasy. He wants to know for uh, fantasy, yeah, for fantasy. Well, or he or she. It does to... just say user, so he or she. Sorry. Ah, uh, shit, man. My bad. I don't. I don't play with defenses anymore. I mean, Look, I think the Cowboys. The, the Cowboys. Are, the Cowboys the are the consensus. Cowboys are the consensus favorite uh, from a yeah. rush of pasher and turnover standpoint. And then you've got yeah, Eagles are up there. Jets, 49ers. I mean, but I mean, you look at the. I, I just looked like the first defenses drafted. Like the first like ten of them in fantasy. Like only five of them even crack the top five. So it really yeah. is like you're not going to find out until the season starts. So you can't, you really can't bake that stuff into it. So I think and your you safest should... bet actually is, is one that you didn't even mention, Chuck. I think it's the Bills. I think they have somewhat of a, a yeah. simpler schedule compared to a lot of other teams that you named. Uh, not, not easy because the, the AFC East isn't a terrible division anymore. So, I mean, they got some quality games they got to face up in there, but. Uh, they, they have something similar to all those other teams. Those are going to be more defensive games, I think. So, uh, How dare defense. you guys scoff at Tampa? That's unbelievable. Uh, Tampa has a really good defense. They don't have a top five defense, but top ten easily. Yeah, but he, asked the top de- he or she asked for the best defense, very, and Tampa Bay is not the best defense. Old, good this, strategy, defense. this strategy has worked for me for years because there's one thing the Patriots always had is a good defense. Like yeah, Spade, Patriots always up there. Fade. And then and and this draft the Patriots because yep. in that range where guys are reaching, you should be taking rookie wide receivers and running backs mm. and, and yeah. guys like in your handcuffs yeah. there. Just take a defense last. You'll probably get the pats and you're happy. We're gonna shove past that. We're moving to yeah. Chuck's my guy, Chris Olave. Go. Oof, what is there not to love about Chris Olave? Um, you know, maybe you don't love Derek Carr, which nobody loves Derek Carr really, but Derek Carr has shown an ability to hyper-focus in on an elite alpha wide receiver when presented with one. Uh, I like the Saints secondary to maybe take a small step back. Obviously, Mich- uh, Lattimore is very good, but the defense overall is getting very old, oldest defense in the league. Uh, and their schedule, they play 12 of these 17 – or sorry – 12 of their 17 matchups are against below average secondaries from the previous year. 
Now, not all of those will carry year to year, but you can at least bake some of that into it. Uh, I like him as the best wide receiver going outside of the top 10 to finish, maybe even top five. Supremely talented guy. One of the greatest rookie wide receiver receivers ever from a metrics and efficiency standpoint. Just smash Ola. Plus, they have enough weapons there to keep defenses honest. So, love Olave this year. Yep, I agree. Um, the, n- no arguments here. Andrew, you had Devonta Smith. Um, yeah. You have him ranked highly, so uh, you're, you're way in on, on Smith. Well, we- yeah, and that's what I'm doing here. I'm doubling down because we, we've talked about it before. I, I have him high in my dynasty rankings above A.J. Brown um, a couple weeks ago when we did that, and I'm sticking to that. I might as well double down on it. I think he is the future, I think he is the future wide receiver of this offense that is going to be a high-powered offense for years to come. I think he's going to supplant A.J. Brown this year specifically as the wide receiver one in fantasy for this team. So I, I – He's wide receiver 10 in Dynasty right now. I get what you're saying, Chuck, about Chris Olave. I love him too, but for two spots later, getting Devonta Smith, who I think has just as high, if not higher, of a ceiling as a long-term prospect. Maybe not in the – Chris Olave has a great short-term prospect for all the reasons you said the schedule, but long-term, Devonta Smith is a guy that I want. Why? Why long term is Devonta Smith a guy that you want over Chris? I I, I just told I I said it a couple weeks ago. I said it again. Now he's going to be the guy that they build that offense around outside of Jalen Hurts. They have no. So they why don't, wouldn't Chris Olave be the guy that they build their offense around over nobody? I'm not. So I'm I'm not saying that's what I'm saying. They I'm don't have Hurts. I'm not. It's yeah, just a I'm better offense. Ro- yeah, exactly. Saying. I'm not saying you're wrong on Chris Olave because I do agree that Chris Olave is the future of the Saints' offense. The Saints' offense is just more in shambles than the Philly offense is right now. That's all. Yeah, I think Chris Olave is right there. I'm I'm just talking value. Devonta Smith compared to the value of Chris Olave, I'm going to take Devonta Smith. There's no AJ Brown in New Orleans though. No, well, there's going to be no AJ Brown forever in Philly either. So, (laughs) my contract might say spicy, folks. So we're moving on to running backs. (laughs) <laughs> we're not <laughs> running back. I wish we had more time because I, I know, I, I know. I, I, it's I a good argument to be made. I, I want to answer. There is no that. argument here. Um, <laughs> Chuck, you're just Devonta out to Smith. get me. You're, you're, you're still so spicy. You're, so, you're just out to get oh, me. Oh, dude, I've got a whole notes <laughs> section open for you, man. Uh, running backs. Running backs. Uh, we'll start with mine because I think I have the spiciest one is David Montgomery. I'm all in on David Montgomery at cost. And believe it or not, I think mine's spicy, but I think my argument is simple, concise, and fair. If you liked Jamal Williams last year, you're gonna love you're gonna love uh, David Montgomery. And I know it's the reciprocal to uh, Justin's, but honestly, I think Justin's pick is just as good. I think we know what the Lions want to do. They want both these guys to eat. They are just going to do it in much different ways. You know, one's a pass catcher. One's going to be a goal line grinder and early down guy. I think at the end of the day, they're going to be finishing really uh, similar, but actually, no, I'll say that like, like I'll, I'll say that Gibbs will be an RB one and, and then David Montgomery's right there in that RB two role yeah. where he's going to be effective for what you paid for him. Um, sure. Moving on to Justin. No, that's that's right on good? the money. I mean, and I, Montgomery, I had him typed up and I deleted him. Um, some guy, Aww. some teams, you just don't have to guess. Like, you just know who they yeah, are. Yeah. The Lions have about as strong of an identity as any team in the league. Uh, and they're going to ride that out. And I kind of like, there's some bully ball to that, right? It would be like if Tennessee could cut mm-hmm. Derrick Henry in half and split him into two guys. Like, they kind of have a little bit of that going on. So, I'm excited for yeah. their next few years. It's 
Instead, yeah. they have um, to sacrifice young running backs to keep Derrick Henry alive. Sadly. Yeah. Tajay yeah. Spears is next. Yeah, he's he's next to. Uh, he's going to into the chair, boys. All right, I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna make it quick with Jameer Gibbs. Um, I like David Montgomery too. Um, I just think Jameer Gibbs, as far as dynasty goes, has the legitimate chance to be RB one someday. Um, he's just especially for and, dynasty. Especially yeah. for dynasty, and they wanted DeAndre Swift to work so bad in Detroit. He just got kept getting hurt. Now I see a guy who had that workload at Alabama who got hit by SEC players all the time and stayed up and stayed good. And I'm like, this is probably the better pick than DeAndre Swift anyways. So this is your DeAndre Swift. Now let's see what the role really entailed. And I think if they give it him all the touches he's supposed to get, he's going to blow away the competition in two to three years. Yeah. D- Detroit just upgraded their, their backfield at both ways, like both their utilizations. Mm-hmm. They said, yeah. Jamal, you did us good. David Montgomery's got a little bit more juice. So, and then they said, they sent off Swifty. It's your contract year. Go help Eagles get a win. And then they, they, they brought in Jameer Gibbs. And, and like I said, I think, I think both of these guys are worth it. Even in redraft, like I, I'm a, I'm a running oh, yeah. back fader, a fader. If, Jameer Gibbs is there, and I, mo- a lot of times I'm trying to click the button. Uh, like even me, like I'm all in. I can't hate that at all. Uh, we'll go to Andrews to Nick Chubb. Um, yes. Tell us why you still are in on Chubb, even for for Dynasty. That's a. So I'm still in on. I know this was going to be a little bit of a controversial one, but for Dynasty, he's running back twelve right now for Dynasty. And look, I get it. This this Bijan Robinson, Jameer Gibbs, great potential rookies in front of him in the rankings. I understand it, but that's also the thing. At the running back position right now, there's a lot of question marks ahead of him, whether it be injuries, rookies, or situations between Josh Jacobs and Jonathan Taylor. Who knows if they're still going to be on the same team come next year? Who knows what their situation and their workload is going to look like? Nick Chubb is a guy who still sat back and played his role even when a very talented Kareem Hunt was with him in, in uh, Cleveland, even when very poor quarterback play was there. And he still sat there and he still balled out. I don't see Nick Chubb's situation changing. I don't see him raising a stink. He's a fairly durable running back compared to other running backs. And he's set to have finally a, like a, a solid number one role this year. I like Nick Chubb for this year specifically, but I also like him to be a consistent guy in the in the next couple of years moving forward yep chuck you're you're on the tony pollard train um like this makes sense go even not like i think this this is safe this is safe this is safe go ahead he just said yeah safe. so look um, <laughs> look nope I'm gonna be I'm gonna I'm gonna be the first guy all off season to say I'm really excited about Tony Pollard. I think he has a lot of optimism. Nobody <laughs> else is in on him. Um, if there's one organization I trust with all of my heart to complicitly never adapt to the times, it's the Dallas Cowboys. I believe that Fair. they will continue to feature a star running back in a star running back role until said running back cannot perform like a star running back. And I think Tony Pollard is a unbelievably talented player that's the theme with all of my guys throughout the segment they're all like it's there's no situational 
discrepancy between any of them. These are all guys that like give them the ball and they will be one of the five best players at their position. And then you throw in some coaching to give them longevity, right? That's all we're asking for. Uh, I don't like anything else going on in Dallas outside of CeeDee Lamb. I think Tony Pollard has prime. Like I'm not talking about a one-for-one -one comparison, but just take what prime Zeke was doing. And now you throw Tony Pollard in there and we're looking at the same thing. Is it going to be a one-for-one -one as far as how he gets those points? I'm not so sure about that. But he brings a little different element to the game, a little bit more, uh, you know, a little pop and sizzle. And uh, there's a, that's what I like when I play fantasy football. I don't want plotters. I don't want guys that are going to turn out the yards. I like value. I love Montgomery. I love Chubb. I love whoever Justin said, but uh, no, I'm just kidding. I love Gibbs. <laughs> um, uh, I, I love all those guys, but you know, just I play this game to watch exciting players, and he's in a terrific situation, and he's young. So give me some of that. Your 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 theory about like like uh, Jerry has this vision. He's like, I gotta have mm -hmm. the triplets. I gotta have my eight. It's all he's got. It's all he's about. Urban. <laughs> yeah, look, and, I, and I gotta have my Smith. Like he's like he's yeah. like that's the formula worked in the eighties. It's gonna work mm -hmm. now. <laughs> I will yeah. I will say, Chuck, that's that's the best argument I've heard for Tony Paul this entire yeah. offseason. I've heard it such really fit arguments for him that make mm -hmm. no sense. That is basically just hopeful thinking. The, the argument you just made is the first time that I went. Mm -hmm. Ah, okay, that makes sense. If you like running backs, I won't. If, I mean, no, but the stuff he said about Dallas, like I do think that you like that's a good argument to make that Dallas, they're gonna they're gonna do what they do. Mm. Yeah, that's just uh, how, that's then, just how they run things over there. They brought in an offensive coordinator who's just as far behind the times as you know the coaching staff is, and you know the, the, they're gonna. <laughs> They're going to ride it into the ground, and I'm, I'm super okay with that. Maybe they throw in some more passing work, too, and let him work in space, do things that they haven't been able to do accidentally. Mm -hmm. Yep, that makes sense. Um, and that's that's our guys, folks. And uh, one more – I guess that is one more message. Uh, Pollard is going to have – and that's our injury expert. Give him a follow. Um, yeah. Like, to be honest, I haven't – I forgot Tony Pollard was injured, to be honest. Is it my in bad? In the playoff analysis? game. Uh, no, it's yeah. a playoff yeah. game. I, I, I didn't even think about that. But uh, if, if you feel good, Brian, I feel good. So, But that's our show, folks. As always, give us a like, a share, and a follow. And we'll see you next week. My name is Jagger. You can catch me at Fantasy Blue Chip. And I also host the Dynasty DGens pod. And then Justin at SimtexMex93. You can catch him on our, our, our big brother show, on the regular fantasy show. And then host of This Guy Sucks, uh, our favorite basshole, Chuck Bass. And then real Mr. Mallard, Andrew LaDuke. You can catch him over on the Divots and Pivots podcast. And we'll see you next week. Save time, folks. Love you.